Playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced. Weird stuff has happened in the past and here I am to tell you about it, I guess. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Absurd Real History. Hello and welcome to Absurd Real History, the podcast where I find weird stories that I think are kind of mad and not really well known and tell them to various guests. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by comedian Steve Bennett. Hello, Steve. Hello, Susha. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited and confused. (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite thing. I love confusing people. I know it's kind of exciting. You don't know what we're going to be talking about at all. I'm hoping for mega controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard of the, the Silly Islands? I have not. The Silly Isles. The Isles of Silly. No, no, I've... No. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, no one no one really has. The Isles of Silly, and it's silly spelled S-C-I-L-L, but it's pronounced silly. So we're going to say silly a lot. S-C-I-L-L. S-C-I-L-L-Y. S-C-I-L-L-Y, okay. So they're a group of about 150 islands, but only five are inhabited mm-hmm. off the coast of Cornwall. So southwest of England, that bit that looks like it's kicking Ireland. Okay. <laughs> They have like a history going back to the Stone Age. More islands were inhabited in the past. Over time, they've just been left to wildlife and tourists, mainly birds, the big like fishing areas, just a bunch of rock islands. Here are just some names I enjoyed of some of the inhabited islands of that exist on the Silly Isles. Hunter's Lump, Kettle Bottom, and Great Cheese Rock. There you go. So over, this sounds to me so far like England has made the Aran Islands, but made them like sarcastically. <laughs> Do you know, like... Like Dubai, like made like the Pam, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we'll have many islands. Exactly. They've been around since the Stone Age. Yeah. So they're like, they have um loads of relics from like hunter gatherers time. It used to be one big island, but then um it's sinking. Apparently it's still sinking. So the islands are getting smaller and smaller, like a very, very slow paced action film. Yes. And it might eventually become uninhabitable. <laughs> Yeah, but it's exactly like the Iron Islands. It's a similar kind of thing. Um, It's right in the Gulf Stream, so it has its own microclimate. So it's a bit warmer than mainland England. Oh, that's cool. They're tropical islands. You know, it's explained as tropical, but I looked at the average weather and it's not that much warmer. You know, you're still not getting more than like, you know, 20 degrees in the summer. Irish tropics. The Irish tropics, like uh, the Celtic Sea, the tropics of the Celtic Sea. The islands are also home to the world's smallest football league, which oh. isn't really to do what we're talking about, but I think it's great. Do they have 11 players? <laughs> they only have two clubs okay. that play each other multiple times. Yeah, sure. But I mean, I mean that happened in my town. Like, I'm from Port Arlington and it's split down the middle with a river. And uh, the, the Port Arlington side doesn't, or the leash side doesn't like the Offaly side for football. Ah! <laughs> I never really got involved, I'm afraid. But <laughs> yeah, you can definitely have two clubs in a tiny space like that. Oh, I'm from I'm from here, but leash. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a str- it's a struggle to get like eleven people on each team, particularly because for there's no college on the island, so everyone has to leave once they finish school. Oh, so it has been a it has been tr- though. I think they have some teenagers playing some of them. What I think is great about this is that, so it's the the Garrison Gunners and the Woolpack Wanderers, but at the start of the tournament, before it starts, 
they have the, the two captains over a few points pick their vice captain like in school you know where you pick your teams and then they pick the rest of the team out of a hat so you could be playing for one team one year and another team the next year oh i see and it lasts a full year it lasts for a few months from like november to march or kind of that period so they're in the okay. middle of a tournament now okay all right are they allowed are, what, what? What's so their Corona is- crack? I don't know. Wait, no, maybe maybe we won't get into it. Do we, <laughs> shall we not talk about it? I wasn't going to because it is more escapism, but this is so funny that I had okay. to kind of just drop it in as a like as a little tidbit. So before the UK went into full lockdown in early January 2021, just in case you're not listening to this as episode as it comes out, uh, the Silly Islands were the are the were the only place in all of the UK to still be in tier one. Oh. And what that meant was when they started their tournament and when they had their matches last month, they were technically like the only sporting event in all of the UK that could have up to 4,000 spectating their matches. And in their last match in December, they had 12. 12 people. (laughs) 12 people spectating when they could have had 4,000. If you have what, like maybe 22 people and then maybe another, I don't know, 10 or so working around them to train the team there's not that many other people left who are interested in football on the tiny island <laughs> everyone who'd be interested in watching is, is playing yeah yeah oh you want a seat do you <laughs> oh yeah that's what i thought it was kind of cute so that is lovely that's the silly islands i hope i think you've got a good picture of it how many people are you talking oh i forgot to say around two thousand people two thousand across people. all the islands now it significantly drops in winter, and they uh, they make most of their money now through tourism. So, right. But around two thousand, give or take. Okay. So I think you have a good picture of the silly isle, the silly isles, the Isles yeah. of Silly in England. So what I'm going to tell you now is that they they were at war with the Netherlands for three hundred and thirty five years. Okay, great. Just the silly isles. <laughs> So what's their what's their status? They're not part of England. Are they allowed to declare war themselves? No, they are part of England. That's why it's okay. kind of strange. And that's why it's kind of debated. Like, was is that really possible? It was kind of a thing that no everyone kind of forgot that they were at war for <laughs> Is it like they um they agreed to a separation but forgot to sign the papers? No, it was the Netherlands very specifically declaring okay. war on the Silly Isles. Okay. Um and it ended, you'd be happy to hear. That you know they got their peace in in the eighties. <laughs> Before we talk about, it, it's important to understand the Isles of Silly to know why I thought that this is such a, a funny story. Yeah, that is odd. Um, I feel like I don't need to explain the Netherlands that much because I think most people know the Netherlands. And pretend like I am a child, <laughs> and you must explain it to me, just in case I'm confusing it with one of the other several. With the other lads. I was going to ask you to explain it to me. But oh, I can right. take a guess if you'd like that. I'd, I'd love to. Okay. Uh, I'd love to spread my ignorance like a tapestry across the minds of your listeners. Um, I would say that the Netherlands is kind of what I would think of when I think of Holland and Amsterdam. And they have many dams. And mm-hmm. Holland, I think, is a part of the Netherlands. Yeah, that's like correct. the most famous part. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to rebrand the whole place as the Netherlands. So it's like, visit the Netherlands. Don't just stay in Dublin. 
you know, like we do here. Uh, <laughs> but they don't say Dublin, they say Amsterdam. Have you ever been to the Netherlands? No. Uh, my sister studied in Tilburg, which is an hour an hour or so away from Amsterdam, but it's not technically in Holland. It's in another province. So I know you're you're correct there. Holland is a province of the the Netherlands. It's yes. flat. That's I'm just going to say the main things we think of when we think of the Netherlands is it's flat. It's flat, and, but it's it's like there's loads of dams. Am I right about there the is because it's all reclaimed land. So like yeah. the Silly Isles, I'm sure rising sea levels is not a good thing for the Netherlands as well. Sure, so yeah. they have that in common. Yeah. So that's you know kind of yeah. So it's it's flat. Lots of bikes. And they have a population of because over of the flatness. Yeah. Because bikes, because of the flatness, it's easy to cycle around. Okay. Uh, they have a population of over 17 million, which is a bit higher than the City Isles with their 2,000. Yeah. Oh, they uh, legalize, legalize weed there. Nice. Um, so nice. Loads of legal stuff there. All the kind of minor stuff that is illegal here, like all these weird supplements um, you can buy from Dutch shops online. <laughs> supplements yeah like there's these thing there's loads of these herbs that like aren't technically drugs or sometimes they're considered drugs like homeopathy not homeopathy like um you know like canna or cava i've been uh i was this is kind of more of a sidetrack but i went through a deep dive in the nootropics form of, of reddit a while ago oh wow um but essentially a, like Ireland and the has a, like a blanket ban on a lot of stuff. So, kind of um, the Netherlands have a lot of stuff legal that other countries don't have legal. Is basically what I'm trying to say there. They tr- they trust their citizens, I guess. Oh, I see. Cool. Legal prostitution as well. Oh, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Yeah, the the red light district in Amsterdam is very. I will say Amsterdam is very different than the rest of the Netherlands. That's true about any country, I think. Mm. It's because um. Like weed is legal in the Netherlands, but a lot of the Dutch people don't really smoke, even though it's legal. It's kind of just a thing for tourists going to Amsterdam a lot of the time. I reckon what they did was the parents of the Netherlands all got together like a South Park episode and said, (laughs) we've got to do something about all these children smoking weed. Why don't we legalize it and make it cool for us to do it? And then they... yeah. And that's what happened. Come have a joint with your mom. Oh, no. We're just having a little joint before dinner now. I mean, obviously that'd be genuinely really sweet, but um, I reckon that's a plot by the... the, the, (laughs) Are they the Dutch? Are the Netherlands people the Dutch? Yes, the Dutch. A plot by the Dutch to to try and make weed uncool for the kids. Windmills, that's another big Dutch thing. Lots of windmills. Another thing, the children were strapping themselves to windmills and flying around and getting high doing that. So the parents said, we'll build a load of them so the kids don't think it's cool anymore. They they were like, look, we need to stop these kids spinning around. So we will get them high the old fashioned way and then yeah. they'll stop. They'll stop spinning around. Come in and have a bit of a spin on this windmill before <laughs> dinner. <laughs> oh, it is weird, the things that like, teenage like teenagers do to like try and get high i just remember when i was in school some of the guys in my ear did such stupid stuff even at the time i was like what are you doing uh like snorting hand sanitizer and trying to eat loads of nutmeg that was a big thing for like a, a three months was 
there's like a group of people in my ear that kept trying to get high off nutmeg because one guy heard it on the radio um <laughs> and it didn't work at all like they just couldn't or blotting paper in the shoes to make you faint it's oh it's mainly like teenage boys that do these weird things i've noticed yeah. a, and the girls yeah, are like like uh, cut up a rubber like an eraser and, and snorted bits of that why i don't know i think they thought i could get them high some lad was waiting for like i heard you can dry out bananas and smoke them and they'll get you fucked um while they were waiting for his bananas to dry out and it kind of got forgotten about as term went on you know so i think by the end of the he was like going to do it the first week of the summer holidays and then he was on holiday and he came back and of course they'd been rotten all along <laughs> they were manky moldy in a in a shoebox under a bed somewhere Jeez. <laughs> It is funny. I think um, it goes to show, though, like, you know, if people want to get high, they're going to find their ways. Mm. And if you can't get high because you got no hills, you got to legalize, baby. Yeah, well, I actually think legalizing weed would solve a lot of the problems in Ireland, even if you don't smoke, because it would bring in jobs because growing the hemp and also hemp clothing, hemp flower, like there's loads of stuff from growing cannabis besides you know the weed and smoking oh i've been saying for years the 40 shades of green branding sells itself if you want to <laughs> kickstart the tourism sector there's a ready-made advertising campaign right there that thing tourism like um you know they keep trying to show like these beautiful aisles of of ireland and um oh normal people that's but... a crowd as well who's gonna buy some fucking snacks as well when they're here I think it was like when, you know, we're at, coming out of the, the depression that COVID's going to cause. I think if we legalize weed, we'll get our tourism the old fashioned way by good old fashioned drugs and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Come in and have a joint with me, Michal Martin. All the kids are like, no, 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 no. I would, I would, I would, I would smoke a joint. With Michael Martin. That's no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in the same room as him. Oh no! Don't say that, Michal. Come, come on the show. (laughs) This is live, right, Michal? You come out here to me. Well, maybe, maybe you. We'll meet you around the back of the bike shed. Actually, maybe, maybe if um, we just got all of the Irish politicians just get really, really stoned, but just once, just for one day, just once, not like. Well, they're not all the time, but just the one time might sort everything out. They might. But anyway, that's the Netherlands and that's the Isles of Scilly. Silly. Silly. Scilly. Ugh. The Isles of Scilly. Silly me. <laughs> In 1985, Roy Duncan, who was chairman of the Isles of Scilly at the time and a historian and a, it's a very small area. You know, you grew up in a small town yourself. You know, people, everyone kind of knows each other. Um, he's kind of a, a local person. Um, he wrote a letter to the Dutch embassy in London informing them about this myth that they were still at war with the Netherlands and if they could either dispel it or prove it. Wait, oh, hold on, wait, hold on. Have we skipped a bit? No, he's... In 1985, some silly islander sent a letter to the Dutch talking about a myth. Is this not true? Have you lied to me? dramatic effect Uh, well well the dutch embassy 
contacted their back home in the Netherlands and they checked their historical records and confor- confirmed that, yes, according to their records, the Netherlands are still at war with the Isles of Scilly and had been for over three centuries. Over three so- centuries. So sometime before like 1680, you're saying the for yeah there was some 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 fucking snafu like let me guess hold on the does norway have like a duke or or not norway 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 yeah fucking throw norway in there as well does (laughs) does the netherlands have like a duke or a king they had recently gained independence from Spain. Spain, okay. So they had just become a republic. In they were getting away from the monarchy. In sixteen eight in like the sixteen hundreds, way back when or now? Way back when. Way back when they got their independence. Wait, I'm not I'm not entirely see here's the thing. I'm actually not great at history and this kind of confused me a bit because there's so many so many questions. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, like I think they do have a they used to have a principality because it was prince. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ask a question that broke the world. <laughs> no, break the world, break the world. It's my fault for not being in, intelligent enough. Um, no, so what happened was in 1642, England fell into its civil war. Do you know much about the English civil war? Uh, no, no, I wasn't there, mate. I, I didn't know anything about it um, because why would we learn about English history? <laughs> You know, we got to learn about the Irish history and how they fucked us over. I don't want to hear. How did you remember the title of my junior third history? This <laughs> was fuck the English. It was a, a picture of a, an Irish man and he was holding his nose because the queen had farted. I hope that's real. No, that, that no. I know it's not. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that was my that was but my I hope, good. I hope it was. I hope it was. Um, I went to a very small school. <laughs> it was basically um, the war was between the royalists and the parliamentarians. Parliamentarians, uh, the royalist people who supported King Charles, and uh, the parliamentar- parliamentarians led by our good friend. Oliver Cromwell. Right. You've heard of him because the Cromwell. I've heard of Cromwell, yeah, but it sounds like Cromwell was the good guy in this situation. See, this is this is actually a big uh conflict, is that in England and the way they teach their history is Oliver Cromwell is often like a the good guy. Like in like in prequels. Yeah, like he's he's the good guy. And then we <laughs> learn about the Cromwell plantation. Like there's statues of Cromwell around England and we're like, take them down. <laughs> Wait, okay, so Cromwell to us is like kind of like a Freddy Krueger, but England makes movies like prequels where he's like Tom Cruise, but then at the end of one of the Mission Impossibles, he just gets burned real badly. He was dressed up as a, uh, what's the Freddy Krueger? Is Freddy Krueger a pedophile? <laughs> he's dressed up as a, a red and and black um, uh, stripy topped lad with a, a, a groundskeeper. Groundskeeper. I mean, to be honest, all I know about Freddy Krueger is that little bit they did in one of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. Sure. Okay. Well, that's that's enough. I mean, like a scary guy, Cromwell. Yeah. <laughs> this is mad. Okay. All right. So. So when. So it was the king? Pardon me. It was the king versus Cromwell and democracy. 
Oh, Parliament. So they were still go on. To, obviously, England still has a monarchy. Um, I didn't research it too much because I was I the war. Uh, you know, civil wars. It's all a bit of a mess. Basically, King King Charles the first had done a few things that was kind of pissing people off. Kind of the main thing that he did is um like he was squelched or he squelched an uprising in Scotland and basically he pissed off the Scottish people, which kind of largely upward this. Nice. Um so I mean, not nice for this I am a big <laughs> fan of the Scots. Um oh, uh, yeah. but, but nice that they got their own back against the king. That's Braveheart. So they basically just wanted to change switch up the government and King Charles I was kind of, he'd done a few things. He wasn't like very well liked. So it was basically those who supported the king and those who didn't. Um, the Dutch were a relatively new country. So when the English Civil War started, they were still kind of finishing up their war with Spain and had only recently gained like independence as a as the Netherlands. They, okay. you know, separated from the... Spanish monarch and all that, all that jazz, um, which again, I won't get too well into, but at the start of those wars, they had gotten help from England. England had sent them supplies and whatnot. And the Dutch appreciated that help and wanted to repay the favor. So decided that they would, they want, and they also wanted to be allies with England. Uh, The thing is that, you know, England was in the middle of a civil war. So they kind of needed to choose a side to back. Right. And the Dutch, I don't think, put in that much thought to it and just chose the side that was most likely to win, which was the parliamentarians. And because by 49, so 1649, um, the king was already dead. Like he was publicly beheaded. So the royalists were, were losing and were going to lose. And But the Royalists were longtime allies of the Dutch and they were really mad at them. They felt like this was a betrayal that they had just sided with the with the other guys. And Yeah, I mean, was was it Charles who sent over the um the the supplies to the, the Netherlands? Was he in charge of that or was that the other people? I'm not exactly sure like what time they sent it, but it would have been yeah, it would have been his family or they would have been involved in it. Because that would have been the government in charge yeah. during the place when they did help or part of the government so they sent about punishing their former friends by raiding dutch shipping lanes in the english channel and it was the dutch admiral i'm going to say this wrong because i'm not very good at dutch martin harpetzoon trump so i'm going to call him trump Trump. well there's it's three it's three words it's three names so it's Martin, Martin, uh, I can't even do a Dutch accent. I don't even know what a Dutch accent Mar- would sound like. We all know how to say Martin. Martin, uh, but I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced. I mean, it's M-A-A-R-T-E-N. Martin. Mar- Let's call him Martin. <laughs> I'll remember that. Mar- my sister who lives in the Netherlands is going to to call me halfway through here and say, and how tell me how the Dutch speak. Obviously, it's Martin. And then Harpetzun. Harpetzun. Oh, I don't need that other bit. That's only formalities. I'm anti-Trump. Oh, I'm just going to call him Trump because that's the easiest to pronounce. Hmm. Trump. Anyway, he was very uh, 
pissed off at the losses they had suffered because that's where, at the time, that's how the Dutch were making most of their money was through this trading route and uh, the Royalists had attacked, you know, stolen their stuff and all that. Um, but the Royalists were very much losing and they were pu- pushed to Cornwall by uh, Oliver Cromwell and then eventually pushed even further to the Isles of Scilly which was owned by John Granville, who was a good friend of the king and therefore a royalist. And the Scilly Isles was the last, one of the last areas, if not the last area of England to still be under the royalist control. Mm. Trump, because he saw that, you know, the royalists were kind of just on these islands, saw this as an opportunity to recuperate some of the damage that was done. He sent a fleet of warships to the Isles of Scilly and demanded you know, give give me money for the damage you've done. And when he didn't get a satisfactory answer, um, obviously he had to declare war. So th- so this is one, Martin is the lad yeah. on, he's just on one of the ships that got raided. No, he's the Dutch Admiral. He's the Dutch Admiral. Okay, yeah. and he was just so pissed off with them. Yeah. He was like, fuck you as well. Wait, so in, in all of this, right, so... Cromwell is fighting King Charles, right? The parliamentarian. Well, King Charles is already dead. The Royalists have lost. They're just squelching. They're just coming to the end of it. Okay. The Royalists have been chased. The few remaining supporters. And they're just like going from town to town, like the A-team, and then they end up on these islands. Well, they're just getting, you know, pushed and smaller and smaller. And yeah. Yeah, essentially. Wow. Okay. So... They decided they the royalists weren't giving him a proper answer. I think they're they had uh, other things on their mind probably. Than, uh, and he says, "Give me a bit of money. You're after fucking up my car." And they go, "No." And he says, "Give me a bit of money, or there'll be fucking big trouble." I swear to God, man, you don't want to fuck with me. And they're like, "No." And he says, "All right then, fuck it. It's war." Exactly. He, yeah, but he couldn't declare war on England because okay. they they liked England. They just didn't like the royalists. So very specifically that. And did you say some fella just owned those islands and the royalists turned up and said, this is ours now? No, the the guy who owned the islands was a royalist. Gotcha. So it was kind of, you know, just happy happenstance. You know, it was like, it was under royalist control. It wasn't like they just took it over. But That that seems a bit mad, maybe, does it? That that person had such loyalty to the royals. He was a good friend of uh, King Charles, apparently. It's nice how sometimes when you look back at a lot of the history, a lot of it's like, say, this story is about like someone in a friendship giving help to someone <laughs> and then getting betrayed back. And they're like, oh, my feelings. And then they just got the shit kicked out of them. But, you know, in in any of these stories, you just multiply it by like thousands of dead peasants. <laughs> and it's just unfortunate peasants that happen to be in the wrong place. Yeah, it's also... It's hard to know what everyday life is was like in a lot of the, a lot of the time for for people because we're we're only getting the historical accounts and I think you know we place things in a very historical way. None of that made any sense. Does that make any? <laughs> no, I totally get what you mean. It's hard to know what the true story mm. is as well. Have you ever looked into any like um, reading history as literature? Um, what do you mean? Like how you can look back on a bunch of texts and if you go back into like deep enough history, uh, yeah. like loads of stuff is written so romantically, obviously by the people who won the war and they're like mm. 
take out that war crime stuff in there. But forget the bit where we killed all those villagers and put in a bit where this guy was a dick to me. Yeah, it's even it's even like researching. Like one thing from starting this podcast, I've become very aware of how important it is to have multiple sources. Is sure, um, and how you know a lot of the times I found stuff wrong in in Wikipedia or sure. various YouTube videos that you know a couple of facts are are wrong but particularly like even with this the one of the first kind of sources I I read you know they they didn't really talk much about the it was the royalists that they were said it was just pirates and that pirates and that the city isles were letting pirates stay there but I think it was more the royalists were considered pirates a lot of the time because they weren't they were they were losing Sure. Um, and maybe they let pirates hang out there as well. Um, I only really saw that in one source, so it's hard to confirm that. But maybe they let pirates hang out there as well because, Big mistake. you know, you're losing a war. Hang out with some pirates. Let them harbor there and, you know, fuck with the Dutch. We're all, Listen, we're all here. Once you let pirates in, man, you've got pirates. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, like that's, that's, real, that's real nice, though. I wouldn't expect the royalists to be that inclusive to let the pirates in and be like, hey, come in and hang out, everybody. We'll all be mates here. Everybody's cool. I think they were just so desperate that they were willing to accept any help that they could get. Well, but that's again, sweet, but still a bit sweet. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very sweet. So... Where am I? Oh, we got to the de- declaration of war, I believe. Declaration of war. Yes. So he declared war and wanted to take over the islands. And it's a bit iffy. Can you declare war on like a section of a country and not a whole country? I'd say it'd be dodgy. Depends how big the country is. Mm. The Admiral decided that it was possible and declared war specifically on the Isles. So the the these people, this Dutch... um. A bunch of ships, right? The Dutch fleet or whatever it is. Um, are they already in the war fighting these people for, like, on the side of the the parliamentarians? I think it was more they offered their aid of support, so they they weren't like I think they were helping a bit, but I don't think they were directly involved in the war. I think they just allied themselves, and um, they definitely had some naval ships that were fighting with them. Gotcha. But it was mainly just in terms of giving them support by just as a country giving support and giving them supplies and just helping. Okay. Like the parliamentarians were, you know, definitely going to win. Okay. So, yeah, so he declared war and a fleet of battleships from the Netherlands to go and conquer the Isles of Scilly. And then a couple of weeks after he declared war, before anyone could shoot anyone... I didn't even know if they had guns. Yeah, they did have guns. Before... They had one big gun. One big gun that the whole country shared. And that's why it took a couple of weeks <laughs> to set it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, so before there was any fighting and they could do anything... And before they attacked or had done anything, the parliamentarians had defeated the royalists and had regained control of the Isles of Scilly. And England was united and Oliver Cromwell, the hero of England... Ergo, <laughs> boo. boo! But boo! But this is why he is considered, you know, here. But yes, boo, boo. Um, 
Boo Cromwell. Uh, so basically, England sorted out the situation and the Dutch retreated their ships and went back to the Netherlands. And either they weren't really bothered to officially end the war and declare peace, or they just forgot. <laughs> it's one or the other. Wow. So, like, when you say the, the parliamentarians came and took over the island, did they murder all the, the royalists on the island or put them in prison? Or Probably. Okay. They regained control of the islands anyway, and they sorted out the issue. There was no one to be at war against anymore then, was there? Well, I mean, it's still the area. Gotcha. So he you was know? angry at the land, not the people. <laughs> Martin. Trom, Martin. Martin Trom. He so he he um he was angry because his ship got damaged. Was that it? Like his nice car? Not his ship, but Dutch trading ships. Gotcha. So the economy was was damaged. Oh god, he was angry about the economy. <laughs> of course he was. It's all these politicians. So he wanted this really fucking shit real estate that's sinking. Was the island bigger back then? Probably. But not like much bigger. Well, it was a bunch of islands. Okay, so I say right. some of them were bigger, but okay. not by a huge amount. But they definitely would have been because, you know, the islands are sinking still. Has anyone ever thought of going out there and just pouring a load of rocks out there and making a new bit of England? I don't know. Maybe you should you should start that. <laughs> I should start that one bucket at a time. I'll one take the ferry over and I'll, I'll throw it real hard. Where would you get the rocks from? Uh, you dig them up from another bit. You'd make just another bit of the ocean just a bit deeper. You have to go very, very, very deep. Yeah. Sorry sorry about you. It's grand. Like. <laughs> One thing. So I actually only really realized this just before, like, I say two hours before recording this. And then I was like, oh, no, I should have researched this as well. Um. So I didn't. But this kind of bothered me a bit. So. Okay. Like a year after all this, like once the parliamentarians were in control of in control of England, the Anglo-Dutch wars began. So like England and the Netherlands were at war for ages after that anyway. What were they fighting about? This is what I meant. I didn't really get into I'm I'm really bad <laughs> at wars. Like my brain is really bad at the dates. Um it's never been an area of history that I <laughs> found easy to understand but my understanding of it was from the very brief like half an hour research I did when I realized like what's going on with the Anglo-Dutch wars here and why the Dutch were on their side like a year ago what's going on my understanding of it is is the Netherlands they were still a new country and they were flourishing and they had kind of taken control a lot of the markets and the trading and everything and England was a bit jealous and they didn't want the Netherlands, you know, out trading them, I guess, or, you know, some, it was all about. Again, human emotions, Sircha, <laughs> human feelings, people are upset. Like, this is like, you know, like, I, I guess after a while, historical stories become like, and then all the bad men came and I was so nice. <laughs> Yeah, but also like one thing that I was really is what kind of one of the main things that I kickstarted as well is there's kind of a this kind of infighting kind of happened, you know, warring over the East India Trading Company. And it was again, economics mainly and England just wanting to be a superpower, I guess. They, uh, the English, they, they offered like a hand of, what's it, an olive branch, that's the term. Basically like 
join our commonwealth and you know help and we'll work together and the netherlands are kind of like uh no fuck that yeah uh but yeah so god they were shy crack there that must be a theme of a load of your episodes is it like god they were shy crack the english really weren't they (laughs) (laughs) but this all started with england trying to fuck over spain isn't it no no the other way around well it was the well it was this i guess that's probably why they helped the netherlands is they wanted to fuck up spain because they wanted spain to have less power and i guess if they controlled it yeah yeah and then they go on holidays there. Come on, England. <laughs> Understand your history. So, um, uh, do I get to hear the bit about how it was sorted out in the 1980s? Yes. So as I was saying before, our our man just wrote to the Dutch embassy. They sorted out. Um, and in 1986, as a gesture of goodwill, the then Dutch ambassador visited the islands and signed a peace treaty while joking... <laughs> It must have been harrowing knowing that the Dutch could have invaded the Silly Isles at any time. <laughs> oh, do you think he practiced that much on the plane? <laughs> right. like, don't, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Yeah, the peace was officially declared on April 17th, 1986, 335 years after the war was declared. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so sweet. Yeah, and there were a lot of sources that I read that declared um, this as one of the longest wars in history, simply because people just forgot about it. But that's definitely not true. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there a war called the 300 Years War? Well, I mean, this is 335 years. Oh, shit. I see. That's not as catchy. Well, it, it's just, it's simply not correct. Another source claimed it as the second one. Maybe I'll say maybe the, the longest or second longest war, whereas all these other ones, it's a conflict or wars. But, you know, you had the Persian-Roman War, which was 721 years. Jesus, that's fucking... And these were actual fights where people died. Would, so... would you not let it go? Like, Jesus Christ, like... Uh, I The Iberian religious wars were also 781 years. Would you not let it go? I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. The Turkish wars, again, 653 years. Uh, allow me to say loud and clear. Would you not let it go? Come on. After that long? Jesus Christ. That, <laughs> that's comedy for you. The the rule of threes. Well, it's it was a very cold war so but very passive aggressive i suppose where they wouldn't even speak to each other about what was bothering them they just totally avoided one another and kept sinking without sharing resources on how to prevent that i bet the silly isles could teach holland and the netherlands a thing or two about land reclamation other way around i think it's the netherlands that have reclaimed land and it's the silly isles that are losing land oh that's right that's what i was trying to make fun of (laughs) it's the the other it's the other way around you know the silly isles started um you know as a as one big island and it was even connected you know thousands and thousands of years ago to um the mainland at the time whereas the netherlands was the other way around they just pushed that water away i have that's why they have all their canals what's your theory one thing that's been happening since this conflict over the last 300 years or so, the mm. Dutch have been getting more land and the Silly Islanders have been getting less land. 
the Dutch have clearly been going over there at night, digging up a scoop or two, <laughs> putting it in a boat, bringing it back over to the Netherlands and uh, and tossing it there and making the Netherlands bigger. Like what better or bigger of a fucking prank, of a piss take, of a fuck you is that than like, oh, we, we want this. That's what he wanted, right? That's what Martin Trump wanted, right? He wanted the land. He said, give me this. Conspiracy theories. It's not a theory if it's the truth, all right? Don't silence me. (laughs) No, I think you're on something. 300 years from now, it'll come out. I think the City Isles should declare war on the Netherlands again. Yeah, say we demand some of our land back. I don't think they have the power to do that, though. We'll get Lizzie on the phone. She'll sort it out. That's sweet. Um, I have um, a New York Times article that I found uh, from 1986. And I'm going to read to you the whole thing, mainly because I want to emphasize how short it was because I was really excited when I found this and then was really annoyed at how short it was and how there was like no information. Like It's a tidy article. So yeah, this is from the New York Times, April 18th, uh, 1986. The Dutch ambassador to Britain flew to the City Isles off the coast, English coast today to proclaim an end to the Netherlands 335 year state of war with the islands. Ambassador Jonkheer Hudekupa <laughs> made the 28-mile journey from the southwest tip of England to the tiny cluster of islands by helicopter, carrying a lavish scroll declaring the state of war terminated. Lavish scroll. I like that. Mm. The islanders have always contended that the Netherlands declared war on the islands in 1651 and never made peace afterwards. Technically, we are still at war, said Roy Duncan, a local historian and chairman of the council that governs the 140 islands and their 100,950 people. It has been a joke here for many years, he said. That's it. That's the whole article. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, it's not short so much as it is concise. You know, I mean, there's no ink wasted. This is the thing. I think it's just like it's such a small incidental thing that i just still thought was funny enough to make a long podcast episode about (laughs) i think it's great i like i like a historical technicality thank you i just wish that i had even done history for the leaving cert or even paid attention in history in the junior cert so i would have a better understanding of if if you would have seen what the junior cert book cover was like fucking hell (laughs) I can't even remember mine. I just remember during the, whenever we learned about like the Irish revolutions and histories, my brain, I could never put the dates together and all these different subsections of groups. You know what I think it is? I think that war history often involves politics. And I think people that are interested in politics are also interested in history in terms of the different subdivisions and the groups. Whereas I've just... I've always found war history very difficult to to understand, which is why I did a podcast episode about it. I felt I always <laughs> felt in school, I history got more and more boring the closer you got to the present. So by the time you got past kind of like, you know, like Bronze Age kind of stuff, I was starting to tune out like, you know, all the in, inventions, I think, stayed interesting. But most, yeah, I'd be the same about war politics history wouldn't have been my thing but I think I've found a a, a bit of a, a a door for me here if I treat it kind of like a 90 day fiance episode where someone has a secret and they're not telling the truth and 
someone else's, you know, being ignorant to their feelings and that results in, you know, coming up war. <laughs> yeah, well there there are there also there's some there are some funny, funny wars in, in history. Maybe I'll get you on for that again. Maybe every time I do a war episode, I'll I'll have you back on. I'll be here to make and it. And we'll life. learn together. <laughs> That's real sweet. I'll see you at the next war. See you at the next war. Um so uh Roy Duncan is who we can say, you know, he finally brought peace to the Isles of Scilly in the Netherlands. I know we were all really worried about them. That was a big problem in the 80s. Uh, one thing I thought, again, was interesting and, again, shows how, I guess, little people seem to care is, um, unfortunately, Roy Duncan passed away in 2014. Oh. Hardly any. I think one, but all of the main ones, none of them mentioned the fact that he he did this, that he was, <laughs> that he ended the war and contacted the Dutch embassy. And he's mainly known as a silly boatman. And apparently most people remember him as the skipper of the Tripper Boat Golden Spray. He's remembered for that and not for ending, you know, a three century long war. So I'm just bringing that back as well. Let's remember Roy Duncan for ending a century long war. Well, three century long war. But also I'm sure he was a great boatman and a lovely character. The the skipper of the Tripper of the Boat Golden Spray, which... What I hope, fun to say. Where I hope most of your episodes end is with something like, and they never bought a pint again. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like this this fella, maybe Roy, just wanted to fade off into obscurity. No, I mean, he like there is a lot of a bitch. I mean, he was a very respected man in the Isles of Silly, the Silly Isles. Um, oh, I thought people were calling him a silly boatman. <laughs> no, no, like a silly boatman. S C I L L. Okay, okay, okay. All right. He was remembered as a silly boatman, always doing the beep sound himself when he moved his boat backwards. He even appeared in a panto parody towards oh. towards the end of his life as well. So did the panto get a better turnout than the football match? <laughs> Thirteen people. Thirteen. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to make it my mission now to try and find some declaration of war that was forgotten about and see if I can end that. Because that's a great thing to have on the CV, you know? Sure. Ended ended a war. God, that's a great... If you're trying to get a HR job somewhere. Yeah. Some historians argue that under further investigation, Admiral Martin Harpert Zoon Trump had no legal authority to declare war on anyone, really, let alone, you know, the fact that the Isles of Scilly were not an independent nation. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's it. That's everything I've written down anyway and researched. What do you think? Do you think it counts as a real war? Uh, I think it counts as a real war in the hearts of the people who were fighting it. No um, one really fought, though. Um, I don't know. Is it like, you know... Maybe the reason people don't talk about what Roy did is because everyone over there in the Silly Isles kind of liked being at war with the <laughs> Netherlands because it was a bit of crack because they knew it wasn't really for real, but also it was a way you could get the children to eat their vegetables. Uh, if you don't eat, if you don't eat your veg, the Dutch admiral's gonna come and cut off your head. He'll take more of the land. There won't be any island left, and you'll have to go away and go to college on the mainland and shag loads of people who you aren't related to and eat soup here. Would you have a great time? And the kids are like, no! <laughs> so 
yeah, um, maybe it was nice to have a boogeyman. And the reason the Silly Islanders don't mention it is because they were actually a bit thick with Roy for fucking it up. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was quite fun was all of the Silly webs. Because it's such a, it was hard to research the Silly Isles in general because it is such a small area. It's ex- it's similar to the Aran Islands. I did, I have to admit, get very carried away with my research with the fact that they had the world's smallest football league. Mm-hmm. Um and you just and completely sidetracked the whole thing, which is about the war. But that said, there isn't really that much information on it. I mean, I guess I could have, you know, tried to understand more of the English Civil War. Ah. But I did. I think, considering I didn't really know anything, I think I got a pretty good basis of it and then explained it simply to you and our listeners. Uh, you said a half an hour research you did on it. That's more research. No, 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 no. Half an hour research on the Dutch Anglo Wars. Okay, well, I mean, that's... I did. I did a lot of research on the on the on the English Civil War and and just how it maintains it to this. I do really. I know it feels. I just think it's really sad that the English and Dutch seemed like they were buddies, and then it seemed as soon as you know the Dutch started getting power or whatever that all of a sudden there was the Dutch Anglo Wars, and I, it was hard. That's very mean girls frenemies yeah yeah um so that's that's it that's the 335 year long war between the silly isles and the netherlands i uh, which, was- which probably resulted in the netherlands stealing their land of the silly isles they're sinking in the netherlands getting bigger i'm just asking questions folks i'm just asking questions you're gonna get this podcast banned the, du- the dutch government are listening the Dutch, the Dutch government. Oh no, they probably have a submarine and a digger. They'll dig out my house. They'll dig, dig out your whole house. They'll add that land, get a giant spade, and just tap it down. That's why the Netherlands is so flat. All that tapping, tap, tap, tapa. So yeah, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug? Tisha, thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I feel like I I learned stuff, and that's real nice. Uh, I've got a podcast called Dungeons and Naggins and people can find me on stevebennettcomedy.com and kind of see what I do there. Awesome. And as always, I've been your host, Saoirse Shanae. You can find me uh, at Saoirse Ball on Twitter or if you want to email about the podcast directly, absurdrealhistory at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by my theatre company, Scream for Ireland. So if you want to give that a whole like on all the socials that would be pretty sound hope you had a good time listening thank you Woo! so do you want to go to the silly isles oh fuck you go? um did you go I, on halts? yeah i guess i get it'll be it sounds like a place where you don't have many choices and you might get like very easily tricked onto one of the bad islands like one thing i didn't <laughs> ask does everyone have a boat that they go from little island to little island or... yeah it's a big big boating community like like Venice, but kind of choppy. Yes. It was interesting. I thought it was really funny reading on one of the government websites. Like, There's loads to do in, on the Isle of Silly. Collect shells, bird watching, build sandcastles. I mean, all. All's gas. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Good luck. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>